What's up, everyone? Welcome to this day in Philly Sports History for March 23rd, 2023. That's a lot of threes and twos today. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. We've got a big show today, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's start with today's Philly Sports Women's History Spotlight. Today, we spotlight Vonnie Groh. She was an All-American field hockey and lacrosse player at your sinus. She played for the U.S. national team field hockey for 13 years. She was the head coach at Westchester for 12 years for field hockey. 107, or I'm sorry, 107 and 16, good for an 81% winning percentage. She went from 1972 to 1976 and only lost one game. That's like five seasons where she lost one game. Uh, she led them to two AIAW titles. If you remember from earlier uh, this week and the week before, that was the early incarnation of the women's NCAA tournament. Started in the mid seventies, early to mid seventies. So she was very instrumental in winning a lot of games early on in that. She coached the U.S. national team to the '84 bronze medal in the Olympics. Uh, she was a charter inductee into the Field Hockey Hall of Fame, La- the Lacrosse Hall of Fame, Chester County Hall of Fame, Westchester Hall of Fame, Philly Sports Hall of Fame, the turf field where the Westchester Field Hockey and lacro- Women's Lacrosse team play is named after her. Just a true trailblazer in the the in the field hockey and lacrosse world meant so much inspired so many and just again like many of the women we've been talking about this month just one of the best to ever do do it so today we shout out you miss vonnie grove all right so lots to get to today i want to start with something i found that was interesting and i saw that uh on twitter there was a debate ray dinninger had asked a question i guess on wip and he asked who the best athlete currently is in Philly right now. And he made his pick. But I think he got to kind of preface that with a little bit more. Because I think athlete is way different than player. Um, to be honest, I, I feel the best athlete is probably Jalen Hurts just for everything he can do. But player, I think you, you look at it a little bit differently and I think ultimately it comes down to three guys Um, and I think we're in a very unique spot for Philly and I I could be wrong I'm sure you go back to the 80s with like Schmitty and Dr. J um, and maybe some of the guys on the Eagles I, I don't know but where we have three guys who are at the very top of their sport um, so you have Hertz, you have Bryce Harper, and you have Joel, Joel Embiid. And I don't know, you kind of kind of look at it big picture. Athletic-wise, yeah, I mean, they're all great athletes in their own way. But to me, the best player is the guy who consistently does what he's supposed to do and what he can do and is the most valuable to his team and actually gets the job done in crunch time. So with that sort of caveat and and parameters around it i think for now and i'm sure i'm gonna get a ton of hate mail for this i think for now you have to take jalen hurts out of it because he's only really done it for one year Uh, i hope that in a year or two three we're talking and having a whole different conversation about this uh but i think you need to take him out so to me then it comes down to to bryce and joe and i think that's a tough decision, and to me, Didiger said Harper was, and I think I have to agree with him right now. And 
in two months after this playoff runs, three months when this playoff run is over for the Sixers, I might change my mind. But I think for right now, just because he's won uh, an MVP in Philly, he was just – they don't go on that playoff, that World Series run last year, obviously, without him. I, just the clutchness of his hits in the playoffs. And we haven't quite seen that from Joe. If Joe gets out of the second round, takes them to the Eastern Conference Finals, possibly even knocks off Boston or Milwaukee and gets to the finals, I think we're having a different conversation. But it's, it's just an interesting thing because you could make the argument for all three of them. And I don't, I wouldn't disagree with you or say you're crazy. But tell me what you think. Uh, leave me a comment, uh, message, whatever. Who is the best athlete slash player right now in Philadelphia? And, and maybe it's a guy that, maybe it's not one of those three guys. But let me know. Uh, it's definitely interesting fodder and just something that we could spark some debates about. All right, back to the future. We are going to, I'm going to be recording tonight, I'm going to do the Phillies preview, um, so be sure to check that out. Uh, it's a rainy day today in Philly, so go ahead and just check out some past episodes to get yourself prepared for that. Uh, I am eventually going to be tweaking some things with Back to the Future, but uh, for now, be sure to check that out. Uh, probably later this evening, I'll have it posted. Speaking of the Phillies, quick update. Bad news on the Ranger Suarez front. His arm's now hurting. And <clears throat> luckily, they have some depth in their starting rotation. But hopefully, this is nothing serious. Um, but I I think, personally, it's, it's a reason for concern, um, especially after making that deep run and knowing that he played such an instrumental role in that. So it's something worth monitoring. Um, not good when you're, I mean, he is our fourth starter right now, but to me that was, and we'll, we'll talk more about it tonight, but to me that was one of the strengths of this team going into the season. So uh, definitely worth monitoring. They start in exactly a week. This time next week we'll be gearing up for Philly's opening day. Uh, Sixers update. Uh, they won last night 116-91 over the Bulls. Just an Dominant effort from start to finish. They jumped out to a 17 nothing lead. I think at one point it was uh, 29 to one or 27 to one. Um, they kind of coasted. There was no Joe in the second half. Originally, the on the TV report they said that it was just because of the scoring, almost like a load management type thing. Uh, there was some calf soreness, um, and again, I mean it's late in the season. I, I have a feeling had it been a closer game or a more meaningful game, he would have played. Uh, definitely worth keeping an eye on, but I think it was more just kind of a load management type thing. Uh, they, like I said, they they did they came back, avenged the loss from the other night, and did so in dominating fashion. Uh, big game coming up this weekend. I think either tomorrow or Saturday against the Warriors. Uh, so they're going going on a nice little. Hopefully they complete this road trip similar to the last one gonna stick with the Sixers today and this is one of the most bizarre and interesting and just like crazy things that I don't necessarily think we would see that much today but on this day March 23rd 1979 the Sixers and Nets played somewhat of a double header uh, so to give you the backstory, on November 8th, 1978, earlier that season, the Sixers beat the Nets 137-133 to in double overtime, or so they thought. 
the Nets coach and uh, star player Bernard King were both assessed technicals in that game in the third quarter. Uh, ultimately, both were ejected, but the refs gave out one or two too many free throws to the Sixers, which in a game what that was a four-point game, obviously you you have to to kind of think like well what would have happened if we didn't do that it changed the whole complexity of the game so they protested and were actually successful and won their protest so the final five minutes and 50 seconds of the third quarter and the fourth quarter were replayed so i guess they chose the next time the nets came to philly which was march 23rd 1979 so there was the regularly scheduled game and then the quarter and a half of the other game they had to play. So they played the quarter and a half first. The Sixers did win 123-117, so they it didn't go into double overtime, thankfully. But the interesting piece to all this and why like the protesting game of it of it of itself is not necessarily that uncommon. It happens or bizarre. The bizarre thing for this is between November and March, the Sixers and the Nets had made a trade. The Sixers traded Harvey Catchings and Ralph Simpson for Eric Money and Al Skinner. But wait, it gets better. So the final box score officially, now you can look it up, and I, I looked on, I have a newspapers.com account, and I went to the Daily News that day, and sure enough, the final box score had Money who played the first two and a half quarters with the Nets on the Nets box score, scoring 23 points for the Nets. He played in that second game and scored four points for the Sixers. It's like one of the only times that I'm aware of that I could find where guys were on a box score for both teams. Um, And Simpson in that game also had two assists in the box score for both teams. Um, And in case you're wondering, the Sixers did win the originally scheduled game that night, 110 to 98. I read some of the interviews with the players afterwards. Doc was just exhausted because um, essentially they played a double overtime game, or actually probably more than a double overtime game, considering the quarter's 12 minutes. So just an interesting thing. And then another little tidbit to make things worse for the Nets, the Sixers swept them in the first round of the playoffs that year. So on this day, back in 1979, the Sixers and Nets played a quasi-doubleheader where they finished the last quarter and a half of a protested, a successful protest game and then their regularly scheduled game. But the big story is Eric Money for the Sixers being in the box score, scoring points for both teams in the same game. So kind of an interesting tidbit there. But all right, go have yourselves a Thursday. It's rainy. Be sure to let me know what you think about who the best player right now is in Philadelphia. I mean, I like I said, is there an error that I'm missing that maybe there is a time when they had three guys at the very top of their respective sports? But for my money right now, this minute, March 23rd at 7.27 a.m., I have to go with Bryce Harper. Ask me again in two months. I'll probably, hopefully, be going for Joel Embiid. But let me know what you think. Have yourselves a Thursday. This has been This Day in Philly Sports History. I'm Jim Montgomery, and until next time, I'll see you when I see you.